Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I'm excited because today we are joined with a duo who knows how to rewind and relive all the best MCU moments, both on the big and little screen. Their podcast schedule extends all the way out to 2026, but we're so delighted they found time to join us today. Welcome to the show, Alan Tony. Yeah, welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Hey, glad to be here again. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> uh, great, now that we've uh, seen the movie we're talking about today, so I don't have to avoid uh, Twitter anymore. <laughs> wait was it you if i remember correctly that you were like custom making twitter blockers yep yes i was <laughs> <laughs> i admire it <laughs> for the record it didn't work but i'll get to that <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah i i stopped looking at twitter and youtube probably about wednesday like i'd get on but i i knew how to navigate it to, to also avoid, you know, so, so, so that's, that's what I did. Um, although a coworker told me, Hmm, was it Thursday morning or Saturday or Wednesday morning? He was like, yeah, stay off YouTube. Apparently the whole thing leaked. That's, that's what spoiled me. I'll, I'll talk about when we get to the spoilers, yeah. mm-hmm. but just the title of something. I'm like, come on, man. YouTube is like, I love watching just random clips of stuff. So I was like, that was supposed to be my friend. You don't do that to me, YouTube. But, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you, Al? Um, oh, I, I, I usually stay off of YouTube. Uh, I don't know why. It's just something I've never like got into just watching random clips of things. Uh, but Twitter, I for months, I had just been like seeing the little trending tag on, on the right-hand side of the screen. And it's like, hey, here's uh, some hashtag about something uh, like one of these Spider-Man characters. And I just say, nope, don't show me anything. I am not interested in Spider-Man. I'm not interested in hashtag Spider-Man far from home. Uh, and so we have to lie to the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, I mean, I've been doing that for, for years. I mean, I started doing that back when <laughs> Avengers Infinity War came out on uh, on my uh, Google News feed. I had to tell Google, like, no, I'm not interested in the Avengers at all. And, you know, that hurts. The first time you have to tell Google that I don't like the Avengers. I, I felt that. No, uh, the thing is, uh, YouTube, I have a very carefully curated algorithm. Like, YouTube's the only one I want to know because I want my videos. Like, my wife started watching um, murder makeup videos, right? Women talk about murder while they're doing the makeup. And I had her make her own account because she was messing with my algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. No, I, I get the paint. Cause, so, on mine, I look at subscriptions and I'm scrolling through and it's like, I get two or three new subscriptions a day from my kids. And I'm just like, I, I don't watch this. Why is this? And it messes up the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly, we're all very excited to talk Spider-Man No Way Home today. Uh, but before we get there, I wanted to make sure and take some time to spotlight your show, MCU Rewind. Uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, you have recently wrapped up the coverage of Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. um, as well as done predictions that we were happy to join on. Uh, what's it been like uh, working with Ragnarok and getting ready for Spider-Man? It's great. Ragnarok, you know, is one of my favorites. We've had kind of a... um both a quality and tonal whiplash, because uh, for those who don't know, we don't only cover the movies, we cover every show ever intended to be part of the MCU. So we just finished Inhumans, which is, spoiler alert for our podcast, the worst thing Marvel has ever done. 
Yeah, we. I, I don't remember which episode it was, but but we get to the end of one, and I think we both just said this is probably the worst episode of any of the TV shows that has ever been made. Yeah, not not Marvel TV shows, any TV show. So. <laughs> my well, my favorite thing about that is just following you two on social media. Y'all were apologizing for having covered it. <laughs> I, our, our downloads surprisingly did not change, so some people just I suffered, mean, and and I felt bad for them. No, no, dude. <laughs> people are sadists. They wanted to hear us suffer, and you know, that's entertainment. <laughs> So, oh, so like I was saying, uh, Inhumans to Thor Ragnarok, which is an upbeat, happy, amazing film, and now we're just started a coverage of The Punisher, which, great quality, not the same tone. So no. we're kind of whiplashing back and forth. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't wait to go through those. I started rewatching Punisher a couple of days ago, and I'm probably on episode six. Or seven, somewhere right in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish that up and then just dive through all your Punisher ones because I love that series so much. Yeah, um, I believe Al, correct me if I'm wrong. I think episode four should be dropping next week. Uh, one. So we do one episode a week. Awesome, Trey, you gotta well, catch up. I know. So <laughs> there's a a variety of reasons I need to catch up, but would Punisher be okay for me to just jump in cold so I can listen along with y'all's coverage? Um, yeah, there is set up in uh, Daredevil Season 2 where they introduce the character. So there is... Um... Which I have seen that. Okay, so yeah, jump jump right in. You should be yeah. good. Well, that's fantastic. You know, I, I've been meaning to do this more frequently when we have other podcast guests. But if I'm a new listener and I have come to your show for the first time, uh, what do y'all think would be a great place to start? Is there any particular coverage that you two favor? Well, it depends on your personality. Again, if, if you're a sadist in humans. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, honestly, uh, my pride, uh, the thing I'm, I think I'm proudest of is our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coverage. Just because I know it doesn't, it has a passionate following, but it doesn't have the hugest following. And I just, I think of all the shows that we've covered so far, that's my favorite one because of how much work that team put into the connections to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What that, unfortunately, I don't think we're super reciprocated. They they weren't yet. Yeah. But they're coming. We, we know it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you had the drops already in WandaVision, so. Yes. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, cool. So, yeah, if, if you're not familiar, you should definitely be following them on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind, as well as downloading their podcast wherever you get podcasts uh, on your platform of choice. And the very handy way to get all of this is going to their website, mcurewind.com. Yeah, where you can also find our complete schedule, as uh, they said earlier, up to like 2026, because... Dang it, we're covering it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love the spirit. <laughs> well, if you're listening and have downloaded this episode, then you know that we are going to be discussing Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, in particular, our quick reaction. So the way we're going to handle this is we're going to have some pre-spoiler thoughts, which is a chance for us to talk about the movie without getting into spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, but want a taste of what the movie is like and what we thought, this section's for you. Uh, once we're done, we'll jump into the spoiler zone, where it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the MCU. But before we get there, Al, what are your pre-spoiler thoughts for Spider-Man No Way Home? I really, really loved it. Um, <laughs> no, I, 
I, I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, it was, you know, some of the things that, that you get with like a, a third movie or the end of a, a trilogy, end of a series kind of thing are, are some of those things like, okay, let's, let's bring it back home. Let's kind of wrap up any loose ends of storylines, things like that. And, you know, you know, that's, that's a lot of that stuff is, is what we got. And, um, it's, it's nice seeing that stuff again. It's nice seeing like, hey, here's, you know, something that we, we've, uh, kind of built up for this character. And, um, at the, at the same time, just, you know, at, at the end, he still go, goes on, right? Like it's, it's, hey, we're, we're wrapping up this portion of this character's life. And, uh, hey, now you can also, at some point, see, uh, what will happen next that will be, uh, a, a different storyline uh, for for this character and, and stuff like that, and so it's um, it, it was great to to see that again, you know. I, and I love seeing that in in different superhero stories too, right? You know, the uh, Iron Man itself, right? When we got to the the number three of that, that was its own wrapping up. Although that was the last of those. Apparently, we are getting more uh, of these Spider Man movies, so that's great. Uh, but yeah, yeah. What about you, Tony? I got asked this question a lot today because I have a lot of co-workers who are into comic book movies, but uh, no one who's irresponsible enough uh, to go see a movie on Thursday night and then still go to work at 7 a.m. on Friday morning. So um, <laughs> You say irresponsible, I say cool. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, I'll, I'll forward this episode to my boss. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, I was... The biggest compliment I can give this movie is I was spoiled on every single big reveal. Um, <laughs> oh, but <man. laughs> I still thoroughly enjoyed it. I was still surprised by the character beats and the touching moments from every major cast member. And this has a huge cast. Uh, this is everything I've, I think I've ever wanted in a Spider-Man movie all in one thing. And I'm like, I'm Spider-Man's not I love Spider-Man but he's not even in my top 5 superheroes but just like the history of Spider-Man as a character in both comics and cinema I think this brings everything that I could have wanted in MCU Spider-Man uh together so um I you know I'm pretty positive on it <laughs> Yeah I think <laughs> <laughs> That's some high high praise man I love it What about you Jude I thought it was really well done. And, and what I mean is like, I too had a lot of the big reveal moments that I already knew about. And and I know in the back of my head, I thought, man, I, what, what must it have been like for the person who stayed away from all trailers and, and managed to do that? Um, but, but, had, but even at the same time, I didn't not enjoy it. Like knowing, like it's still, I still had those physical reactions in the theater of like kind of sitting up in my seat and, ah, and cheering out, you know, kind, kind of stuff. See, even knowing or expecting and knowing some of these moments. Um, so, so it was really well done in that, like, even knowing I didn't have any of that taken away from me. Yeah. You know, I, I'm so glad to finally hear this because, again, we've talked about it on the podcast. Whenever we review stuff, we try and keep our contact minimal since we know we're going to be talking about it on the recording. But in the group thread that we have with Tara from There Was an Idea, you put a gif of an angry Hulk. And I had no idea how to read that. And I didn't want to pry any further so i'm so glad to hear that it seems like it was an excited hulk not an angry hulk well okay but also a little bit of context on this it followed a link that you sent that was 
I hadn't clicked on the link yet. It was some Reddit link that says what movie question mark followed. I, so I sent a text said watching credits and you sent a link said what movie question mark. So I just thought I'd send a Hulk gif. Oh, so like, <laughs> so that's, that's why. Oh man. I didn't realize it was just a dumb video and I didn't I even read the even link. Watched it yet either. <laughs> Well, it's non-spoilery, so I'll put a link to the video in the show notes, and you can hear how much of a miscommunication this was on us. I went this whole day thinking you hated it. Oh, man. Well, you know, for my pre-spoiler thoughts, for a movie that's about Peter trying to live two lives, it's very fitting that this is also a tale of two movies. Uh, there's a part of the movie that's pure fan service, and sometimes for me, I think that dipped into some pretty goofy execution, but it also reaches highs that is on par of the fan service we saw in Endgame. And, you know, leading into this year, that was one of the feelings I had that this was an in-game level event. And so there's that part of the movie as well, Al, I, I kept thinking about what you had said on the prediction episode about how often that third movie is the conclusion. So to hear you bring it up here again, I wholeheartedly agree because it feels like the other part of this movie is the part that's the most impressive to me, where it feels like a nice completion of the trilogy that has started in the MCU that was so much more Peter Parker focused than I anticipated and applaud the movie for being. Um, it is a well balance between these two halves of a movie and that's where i'll leave it before we jump into the spoiler zone yeah let's get there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think we can contain our excitement any longer so like we said you're gonna hear an audio cue and on the other side it'll be fair game for all spoilers in the mcu so we'll see you on the other side And we're back. The way we're going to break this down is every time we do one of these quick reactions, we have a simple question. Did it meet your expectations? So, Tony, starting with you, did this meet your expectations? <laughs> um, if you couldn't tell from my non-spoiler review, <laughs> um, it exceeded my expectations, uh, mostly because I've been trying to manage my expectations. Uh, you said a moment ago that was like endgame level, and that's how they've been hyping it. And I was like, no, it... like. Endgame was such an event that I was like, I couldn't imagine um, feeling the same way. And granted, I didn't feel the same way. I'm never going to... I, I will be shocked if I ever feel the same way as I did when Cap got uh, the hammer. But um, I also did not think I could be that excited seeing Andrew Garfield show up on my screen again. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> So, um, yes, this, uh, this definitely met my expectations to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Was there anything in particular that stood out to you the most? How deep we got into f the five villains. I mean, granted, I think Lizard was still put, left out of the wayside a little mm -hmm. bit. But um, they really respected the history of the characters, and they I was afraid that they were going to change the characters to fit the story. But no, like, Doc, Doc Ock is the Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2. He's not just, hey, a variant who looks like Doc Ock. Or, and, um, I was mostly impressed by, um, because they, 
Doc Ock was the one we saw in the trailer first. So I was thinking this he was going to be the main antagonist. But it was really Norman Osborn as the I mean they were all antagonists, but he was the major antagonist. Mm-hmm. And I was impressed how deep they went to his character. Um this is a MCUification of Sam Raimi's like simpler 2002 Spider-Man character, and I thought they did that amazingly well. Oh yeah, that's really well put because they clearly, just stylistically, just they were clearly them. But the the slight MCU twist they were able to put on these characters with the costumes, the writing, mm-hmm. it was just. It was amazing the depth, like you said, the depth that we got behind each one of these. Which, to be honest, I I feel like we got more depth out of them than we did the other two Spider Men, um, and I'm okay with that. Like they they kind of relied on your knowledge of Spider Man and seeing the movies for those two characters, um, and 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 that's okay. I think it worked. Yeah, I mean they're probably also not going to give them. Um, such a big scene to or big uh, part of the the film to take away from you know Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of wonder if maybe that jumped in as as part of it. But you know. mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you got to pay respect to Peter One for sure. Mm-hmm. Wait, which one's Peter One? We all know who Peter One is, and come on, guys, we all should have known who Peter One was. That was such a funny so, joke. I love his reaction to it. <laughs> oh man! But no, I, I'm so glad you highlighted that, Tony, because that does feel like a very important part of this film. Uh, I recently had the opportunity to join Tara's podcast where we were doing uh, Spider-Man superlatives, and. Mm-hmm. Whenever she asked what was on my mind about this movie going into it, the thing I said is I was curious what was going to be the thread that they pulled through all these villains to connect it emotionally to Peter. Because outside of their respective universes, Tom Holland's Peter Parker has no affiliation with these villains. And that's kind of the core of what makes a good superhero movie is that relationship. making Taking the time to explore who these characters were in their universe, how they molded into this one, and what it means for our Tom Holland, Peter Parker to save him, I think was incredibly brilliant on this film's um, to-do list. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that they're all, they are all sympathetic villains, and at this point they hadn't done anything to Peter, and the fact that he and Aunt May sympathize with them makes a lot of sense. They're not just fighting him because the script tells them to fight with them. Which I am. Yeah. Well, go ahead. I was just going to say, it also shows overall the whole idea just shows the difference um, of where we're at now in terms of, well, if you think about the Maguire, you know, the, the time the Maguire movie was made, that we were still at a point where Heroes won, villains ended up dying. Um, and our villains have become more complicated and they don't always perish at the end. Um, that doesn't mean they don't suffer some kind of consequence, but they're not dead, you know, and, and they're not, the villain's not necessarily trying to kill them. And so that was neat to see that brought into um, what we've seen before. And the, the 
Peter two and one or two and one, two and three kind of buying into that. And we're like, you're right. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a far more nuanced relationship that I think we've gotten before pre MCU. Well, I think Tony has pointed out the flaw of my first question here in the spoiler zone. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. Al, how did this movie meet your expectations? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, to be honest, it actually, it, um, it, it kind of exceeded my expectations um, because, you know, part of what Tony had said of, you know, so many leaks of what was happening in this movie. And then, you know, you kind of have to fight yourself. All right. Well, do, do I want to just say I want to believe this or do I want to just hold back? Uh, and then, you know, you, you start seeing some trailers and in your mind you're like making up okay this is i think what's gonna happen i wonder if they're gonna spend so much time on this or if they're just gonna jump into it and um i the reason that i say it exceeded my expectations is like i just kind of shot myself and said nope nope just assume it's gonna be bad <laughs> uh, and not not in that way but like, like mj yes very much like mj yeah al's our mj oh. <laughs> The two-letter club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, so like, for example, um, you know, I thought that that whole beginning with, you know, everyone knowing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and uh, he was arrested and all, I assumed that was going to take up a lot more time in the movie than it actually did. And I was actually really glad that that was kind of a thing that they really just kind of jumped over. Like, uh, you know what? Never mind. We don't. We, we don't really care about this storyline. Um, we, we got what we needed out of it. Let's move on to the fun stuff. And uh, and then it just moves on from there. And then we get, uh, you know, all of the other characters get, I think, more um, more uh, emotional time in, in this film. Uh, you know, MJ, Ned, even Doctor Strange, he didn't really get that kind of stuff. But we get we get a, a good actual playing of of how he would actually do things, how much he cared. And then he's like, okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of, of dealing with teenagers. Now I'm just angry. (laughs) (laughs) Go, go fix my mess. And, uh, and so like, because of all that, like it, it was great just seeing all those characters just, just do what they would normally do in that scenario. And, and no matter how much, how, how, how much of that film was already spoiled, it was still great. Just seeing all of that. Uh, and so, yeah, so I, I, I love that. Um, my absolute favorite um, thing that I did have spoiled, unfortunately, was seeing uh, Matt Murdock show up. And that was great, even though it was just the one scene, because uh, a lot of uh, people have been saying that the TV shows don't count as the MCU. And I have been holding out yep. saying they count, <laughs> I'm hoping that this means that they're not variants, that they're actually in the same universe. <laughs> yeah, and and Al knows, like, I wanted, wanted to believe it, but my faith was wavering. But, um, yeah, the, the fact that Matt Murdock's in here, and the fact that Matt Murdock was in there for one scene, and they never showed him again, or no, Daredevil never threw it up, and I'm not mad about that, is also a testament to this movie, which is so many <laughs> other good things happening. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and and it's so hard to like, you know, you you want to get yourself hyped up with seeing spoilers, and then you start thinking, oh well, if that's what leaked out, imagine what the 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 really good stuff could have been. And but you, you don't want to start like fanning the flames, right? You don't want to say things like, well, maybe Tom Hanks shows up as Uncle Ben or something <laughs> like that. That would just be stupid. No one wants. <laughs> Who would say such a thing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
So. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm going to just go ahead and jump in there and say um, this movie did not meet my expectations because Tom Hanks wasn't there. Um, I just <laughs> I kept, I kept waiting and waiting. and We overhyped uh, it. We overhyped it. We didn't get Tom. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got Tom. We got the wrong Tom. So. <laughs> I will say... This movie is so magical. For a brief second, I almost believe Tom Hanks could have shown up, and I would have been okay with it. You know what? We did not get Tom Hanks as Uncle Ben, but we got Aunt May as Uncle Ben, and I thought that was actually better because we got we really knew her. Yes. Well, you know, if you don't mind me cutting in line here, Jude, I can play off of that because I already mentioned that I thought one of the the smartest things this film did was the time it took to connect Peter to those villains. I think the other smart thing they did was making Aunt May the emotional core of this film. Uh, Having her be the one impart that wisdom to Peter of it's it's not just the other universe's problems to fix this. What makes you a good person is that you should care too. Like I thought that was so moving and the way it all builds up to the unfortunate moment where Aunt May is gone, that it just, it's, it's the MCU's and I don't want to trivialize it and just say like, Oh, you know, a one-to-one here's this version of it, but it is that emotional loss for our Tom Holland's Peter Parker that I don't think we've seen outside of maybe Tony Stark. This one feels a little bit closer because it is Aunt May and how much it was tied to his development. Um, so I think that's one of the things that helped reach the expectation for me. Yeah, I think the thing about Tony Stark's death and his impact on Spider-Man, it's also impactful on the entire world. So, um, yes, it's particularly tragic for Peter because he had that mentorship under Tony. But the whole world is feeling the grief. So it's not unique to Spider-Man as a character where... Uh, be it uh, Ben or May, this is his unique um, motivation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent way to put that. Yeah. Well, Jude, I, I, outside of your expectation of Tom Hanks, uh, how else did this movie meet your expectations? You know what? I, it was one of those things where, because I heard that, right? The, like we've all said it, you know, in game level, in game level. I, I agree. I don't think it gave me the same feelings as in-game. I think it has the same impact as in-game. You know, and and with that, like, I think that was something where it met my expectations because it was this something grand um, and lasting impact, but it was still a Spider-Man movie. You know, like, I, it, it's, I don't know, it felt, this is going to sound weird, it felt a little, really grounded, <laughs> um, you know, oh, yeah. and, well, I mean, like, it, it was still, like, about Tom Holland, you know, and I, mm. and I think part of that was, you know, what I mentioned before about, well, we didn't get a, they, they let us just use prior knowledge of, um, seeing the previous movies, or even, I say, seeing Into the Spider-Verse. And, and and relying on uh, you've seen this so you n- have an idea of how this works and these are the same people they're going to have similar stories and and it was able to stay grounded in um holland and his story rather than having to ex- over explain a lot of things um and that was one thing i i was kind of worried about but I'm, I, they, they did really really good with it 
Now, that's one thing the MCU does better than most other movie studios, Marvel Studios does, is they trust their audience that they're going to understand this. Um, traditionally, you play to the lowest, uh, what's the lowest common denominator, I think is the term, is um, try and make it as simple as possible and don't do anything too overcomplicated. But now we are, I've lost track, 26, 27 movies in and 17 TV shows um, I saw in the article today. Uh, the audience can't, probably could have understood these concepts a long time ago, but now the studio trusts us to do so too. Yeah. The amount of goodwill they have bought up to this point allows them to do things like have a wizard breaking the multiverse and, and, and being a part of this movie. And you don't have to do that much setup for it. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's, it's interesting. Um, I don't know when this episode is going to come out and fully, um, but that was something Trey and I talked about with the most recent Hawkeye episode was just episode when, five. Yeah. Episode five where when the writers or creators have earned the audience's trust, it's, it's weird. It's much easier, I think, to, for, for them to meet my expectations. Um, cause I, I have that trust in them that they're going to handle these beloved characters well and tell a good story and because they because they do it time in and time out you know if i can add in another way this film has met my expectations is i think it was kind of a worst kept secret that holland not holland uh mcguire and garfield would be into this movie uh, i think everybody was kind of leaning that that the, was this was the direction it was going to go in and jude i remember when we discussed it all the way back in january of 2021 we were convinced that if they did show up, it would be a small cameo type part. The fact that this movie found a way to include substantial scenes with them without taking away from Holland Spider-Man, I think is part of the reaching the fan service highs that the MCU excels at. Because the fact that it almost became, and I mean this sincerely, I'm not trying to, to make a joke, the fact that it became almost group therapy for the Spider-Men to you know, speak about what they've been through and share experiences and, and how to cope. I mean, it was, it was so wonderfully done. Oh yeah. yeah. I, uh, one of the re ways this also met my expectations was that it ended fixing the one complaint. Most fans who have complaints about these Spider-Man movies, it fixed that problem of, uh, him being Tony Stark jr it sets them up as the Spider-Man we know from the comics and from uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man as someone who does not have that support system, someone who doesn't have money, he doesn't have those resources anymore. So we get the best of both worlds that we get them in this Avengers universe and now in this upcoming trilogy, I assume he's going to be part of that street level, um, less resource um, oriented uh, character. And I'm just so excited for that. Like, I, the, Alan and I didn't text a lot last night because we wanted to be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things I told him was, I am more excited now than I was since, like, Civil War, just Spider-Man entering the universe for yeah. more Spider-Man stories. Well, yeah, because it's really fascinating to me. And, and, you know, I said it has a, just as big of an impact or bigger than Endgame. No one remembers them. Yeah. And, and what I'm curious about is 
stepping outside of the MCU world, I guess, is this a way to step away from Sony for Marvel's part? Or Sony trying to step away from Marvel? So that was actually my thought too. And and I was, uh, that, that was one of the things that Tony and I were texting about uh, last night. Um, I left this movie thinking that this is, uh, this is the end of Spider-Man in the MCU. Yeah, I thought um, that too. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I had heard the the line about uh, you know Amy Pascal uh, at Sony saying that yeah we're we're gonna make three more movies with Tom Holland, um, but that I mean that's that's all she said right like she did say yeah these will maybe these are gonna be our thing and we're just not gonna have absolutely anything to do with um, any other characters that are already in the MCU or something to that effect right like if if he stays small then he doesn't have to join some big team and and then that's a, a very easy way to to keep them technically in the same universe but a very different story um uh and and i didn't know that also kevin feige had come out uh, and i was actually reading a, an article um like an hour ago um on uh i forget where it was but it was an interview with with both amy pascal and kevin feige uh, talking about this and, and it sounds like they are actually talking together so i guess maybe maybe there is something that that could happen in the future and it's early days we have no idea but I, th- that's really what what I came away with thinking that yeah this is this is just a separation especially because uh you know when we, when we get to those end scenes that the second one is just a trailer for the next um for the next Doctor Strange movie which we haven't gotten since um Captain, uh, was it Captain America, America? to yeah. Avengers mm-hmm. yeah th- this is only the second time that that kind of thing has happened so mm-hmm. we're we're so used to getting something else that's kind of world building right some other link to something else not just some trailer yeah but on the other hand um spider-man keeping his identity away from other heroes is a big part of him in the comics um so i'm like i'm excited to see those type of stories of like matt murdoch and peter parker working together as daredevil and spider-man but also trying to make sure the other person doesn't know their identity I think would be like an interesting dynamic for his um, for Peter's future. Yeah, it's very interesting to me listening to this where <laughs> almost like a half full, half empty glass that we're looking at, because I think I'm, I'm siding more on your side, Tony. I didn't read it as like, oh, this is a separation of the two studios. It felt like he's here to stay. And uh, Al, I think I found the article you were talking about. It's from the New York Times, and it was... I had the title, but it's behind a paywall, but the post has a quote in the title and it says, uh, Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal in the future of Spider-Man were actively beginning to develop where the story heads next, which I only say outright because I don't want fans to go through any separation trauma. And that was today, uh, December 17th. So there seems to be some active work together. I don't see a split, but I'm with you, Tony, that... You know, we've made jokes here on this podcast where the MCU has been terrible with secret identities. This Mm -hmm. movie got to have its cake and eat it too. In this first run, it didn't really make that big of a deal identity-wise for Peter Parker. But now it's almost like we're getting a restart where it is a huge deal. And now we get to see what that's like for Tom Holland's Peter Parker in this universe. And I think the only thing I feel is an openness to jump between the Marvel Studios world and the Sony's world, but I don't think he's going anywhere at this point. 
So at least that's what I took from how this movie ended. I, I agree because I think they could have ended it with uh, Peter sacrificing himself by going into another universe. That's where I thought it was going. And if yeah. they really wanted to do that separation, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I'll be this person. There was a couple of things that I was kind of disappointed in. Um, and the and, and honestly, the biggest one that stood out to me, <laughs> I kind of giggle now, and I'm just curious what y'all's thoughts are. I didn't like the new costume at the end. What? I love that costume. <laughs> I was so happy. I my I, I love the the homecoming Civil War homecoming costume so much. Like to me that I look at that and that's the Spider Man costume and I look at this one and I'm just like Why did they ruin it? Oh uh, so well, yeah. So I, mean, I, I get it. I, I'm probably in a minority here. I get it. But like, so I'm just, I can tell Trey likes it. What um, I say next depends on what Al says. So I'm curious to hear what you say, Al. I I mean, I no pressure. <laughs> I, I don't think it's, I, I didn't think it was bad, but I mean, again, he made it like, this is the second one that, that he's made. And it's been a couple of years. Cause he, he had really cool Tony Stark made ones for a while. Right. Like, obviously it's going to be a step down mm-hmm. or like five steps down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm okay that the Iron Spiders one's gone. I'm just... Okay, anyways. Go ahead. I was going to suggest if Al was going to be on Jude's side and I was on Tony's side, if we could do a host swap. (laughs) 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 And speaking of separation of universes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, man. But I'm sorry. I cut you off, Tony. What were you saying? Um, The only thing I'm going to be disappointed is if he's in the next movie. And the one thing I do love about the Stark suits is the eyes, the moving eyes. And I don't see how they could could justify Peter's homemade suit having moving eyes. But maybe he saw the spider of Peter's two and three and it's like, you know, it's not that big a deal. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I can think of is because, I mean, the suit's not completely gone because the the mask was on the bed. Maybe Mm -hmm. he retrofitted those eyes to the new suit. Um, Mm. And just for the record, because I haven't clearly answered outside of what I thoroughly enjoyed that suit. Like it was so vibrant and and. It felt like glittery. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like it was coming straight from the comic book. And I, I really appreciated it. It felt, it felt like it stood out in a way that I think the MCU stays away from because they do mute their colors a little bit. It's just, it was bold. And I appreciated that about it. Yeah. Let's see if they commit to that for an entire movie though. Cause, um, yeah, there's always a new suit. <laughs> there's always yes, a new suit. That's true. Um, I do appreciate that in like the three years of his life, so not counting the blip, in three years of his life of avenging and being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, going, uh, finishing high school, he also learned how to sew. So that's that's nice. Home economics, yeah. man. Yeah, it'll you know, save it's, you. It's disappearing from schools, so <laughs> I'm glad they still have it in New York. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed my home ec classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just saying, just say that out there. <laughs> I took multiple home ec classes. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, when I started high school, they had just gotten rid of it, and I was the last uh, class to ever have the auto shop. And then they got oh, rid wow. of that at my high school. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <sighs> Did I date myself with this reference? I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Well, do we have any more uh, general spoiler things we want to say before we move into favorite scenes? 
No, let's do favorite scenes because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. All right, well, Tony. Well, unless unless y'all have something to jump in. Sorry, I'm just, I'm super <laughs> excited. I, I'm just super curious to see if we all ended up with the same thing or how diverse this is going to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess real quick, did y'all have any yeah. anything else in the general <laughs> oh, spoilers? Um, no, we can move into favorite scenes. Yeah, yeah, same here. I've, I'm, I'm ready to talk about favorite scenes. <laughs> All right. Well, Tony, let's start with you this time. Uh, what were some of your favorite scenes? The first thing that actually, like, not the first thing that hit me emotionally, but the thing that hit me the most emotionally, I was surprised, was uh, Peter 3 saving MJ and kind of getting that redemption and just the breaking of uh, Andrew Garfield um, <laughs> and MJ's reaction be like, are you okay, dude? I don't really know you, but you're crying <laughs> <Yeah>. over this. <laughs> um, that that I was surprised how much that affected me. Like I teared up at that moment. I'm not ashamed yes. to say. And like, I was a I'm mess. not a hugest fan of those movies. Well, you know what? I I was gonna say I teared up at that too, and I said I haven't seen Amazing Spider-Man two, but that moment going all the way back to the comic, you know, where Gwen Stacy dies. That I think I think knowing enough about Spider-Man, knowing that history, you're gonna get choked up right there because it's, <laughs> oh, it's a yeah. redemption for the character all the way back to the comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, Spider-Man 121. But yeah, uh, another my other favorite scene is uh, Tony defeating Doctor Strange with math. Or Peter. <laughs> I wasn't talking Wait. about Stark. I was talking about myself in third person. What happened to Iron Man <laughs> Jr.? <laughs> Iron Man didn't even do that because he had Jarvis to do all the calculations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Al? You got some favorite scenes from this film? Uh, yeah, I mean, just the... I, I think my, my one moment that I like think is just the the absolute coolest part of the film was during that end fight scene and we see you know after after they, they've been fighting for a little while and they're, they're getting their butts kicked and like all right we, we have to work together trust the tingle and then <laughs> they all jump off and swing together and you know they, they're all like saying it their their own way right we hear um toby mcguire we hear him do his his uh famous woo and and, and everything uh and like that that alone right there was just was just amazing and you know worth every minute leading up to it granted every other minute has been great <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, I, I i loved that they even had that part where they bounced off each other midair like they they connected their webs and course corrected from that way which was so cool mm-hmm. oh, yeah and and that style of like that spider-man fighting kind of stuff is like not something that we've really gotten in the other two movies um which is one of my favorite things about seeing spider-man and the way he fights and all that kind of stuff which um which is one thing i've actually really been missing in in the mcu um and anytime we we get that with you know this tom holland spider-man it's usually for like he does one thing and then he kind of stops granted it's it's usually because he's not like fighting a big monster or, or something, you know, like a lizard guy or, or something. So he, he doesn't, um, you know, use his tingle very often. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it was just, it was so cool seeing that uh, again. Uh, and then, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I really thought it was, was going to be really cool um, in the future seeing Sorcerer Ned and, now I guess we're not getting that because I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was great. <laughs> I mean, he just got the ring and started using it. Like he he must have been some kind of natural, and now that potential is gone. 
Oh. Is but okay. Would would they not remember Strange and Strange not I, remember them? I think they would. I was actually going thinking that because like Happy still knew May. He just didn't remember Peter. Maybe um, I think like my thought would be Strange might be like something weird is going on. Why do I know these teenagers? But they still know each other. <laughs> <laughs> that that's one of the questions that I, I think we might get some answers to over time, right? Because, like, for for example, you know, in Far From Home, Tony Stark gave, like, legally gave what all of Stark in, in Industries or, like, part of it or, or something. He legally gave something to ownership to this random teenager that no one <laughs> yeah. knows. And later it turns out he's Spider-Man. Um, like, d- does Peter still own that? Or is, no, is that is that completely gone? Is that, like, like throughout all time everyone just forgot about peter parker now and then mm-hmm. that just messed with how things are i i don't know we'll, we'll we'll it's one of those things i i think we'll get answers to later i think it's gonna be like hey that's clerical error obviously there's no person named peter parker uh like he, he has to he got he has to get his ged like his school records are gone they don't know who he is mm-hmm. yeah so, oh that's a good call out mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's right he is off the grid because, I mean, even to highlight that example of Happy Hogan just a little bit more, not only did he know Aunt May, he knew Spider-Man and knew mm-hmm. Aunt May knew Spider-Man. Because that was, I was like, how did you know her? Oh, through Spider-Man. Same here. So it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that. <laughs> because it's such a weird delineation where you do start to question, like, especially on Strange's part, like, how do I know these people? How am I connected to them? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wonder how much that will continue out in the future of the MCU. Mm-hmm. So my favorite scene was when the movie started and then when it ended. Um, yeah. yeah. One long take, right? Uh, yeah. One <laughs> long take. No, I, you know what? I'm going to go with this one. Cause there's, there's a number of them I can pick out, but this one just, I laughed the hardest at this. Um, was uh, Toby Maguire's back? Yes, <laughs> and I was rolling and rolling, and my kin who went with me was rolling and rolling, mm. and it was what I was shocked about was how few people were laughing at that in the theater. <laughs> I was like, "How can y'all not find this funny?" This was the oh my gosh, it's so, so good. Yes, the the only thing that was missing. You know, like, because, you know, Trey and I like to rewrite stuff. Would have been doing that, like, somehow on the street level before they went up to the the tower. And you had Jake Gyllenhaal walk, passing by, like, randomly in the street <laughs> at the same time. Like, that would have been so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> or you think it's uh, Tobey Maguire coming in and it's Mysterio back as, like, Pretending to be a variant of Peter Parker. <laughs> no, that moment like stood out to me even more so because I pulled a muscle in my back today at work. Mm. So like I walking into the theater, I had so much back pain. And then to see that scene <laughs> where it's like, Tom, uh, Tommy McGuire is like, oh yeah, I got back pain. And Garfield's like, oh, I'm starting to develop a middle back thing too. <laughs> it's just, it was oddly relatable uh, for, for such You've a- never m- felt more like a superhero. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you pointed that out, Jude. <laughs> so, but and then just all the with that interaction with the three of them, um, trying to do their sciencey things and build things, you know. And it was like Peter, 
And they all, what? Which one? Uh, you know, Parker. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man, Parker. Um, and then the other thing where I got a really big kick out of was when Ned asked Peter to <laughs> if he had a best friend. And he was like, I did. And I, you know. Um, and he died trying to kill me or, you know, something like that. Um, and I got a big kick out of that. And and my speculating mind went went off and I was like, oh, we're going to see Ned, like, turn on him somehow. Yeah. Uh, or another Ned show up and fight. So, Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that, especially when, you know, they were coming through. And I thought we'd get, like, Hobgoblin Ned Leeds and something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, well, my brother, Daniel, didn't even know about Ned being Hobgoblin. Um, so, so I do wonder, you know, there is a bit of comic book knowledge that, that people might've missed. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I picked up on that is because of you, Jude, and, and explaining that to me, uh, that comic book knowledge side of it. And it's, it's, it's classic MCU way to handle it. It could just be mm-hmm. a fun Easter egg nod, or it could be paving down to something more, uh, down mm-hmm. the road. Well, especially cause Ned doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. And he's going to MIT to be an engineer, and he's going to... He's going to build a glider. And... That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And especially if he remembers that fight or something about it, he's already seen the glider. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I get a chance to put my writer's hat on for a time being, imagine if we're into the sequel of the new trilogy, where we're building up to this moment where Peter somehow finds a way to get Ned to remember. But when he remembers, it doesn't cause a friendship. It causes a rivalry because of something that he may misremember or some kind of thing he places responsibly on or places the responsibility on Spider-Man. So there's room there's room for it to happen here in the MCU. And I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for me, one of my favorite scenes, it's kind of similar to yours, Jude, um, but it's its more on the Holland Parker side, and that's when he was working with the villains to cure them. Um, it is it is such a quintessential Peter Parker thing to try and do the right thing, even though they're villains, to try and help them before sending them back to their universe so they don't end up killed. And the fact that he's able to save... Uh, Doc Ock and you can see that bond that they're starting to build is just wonderful and the way it builds to that moment where you see uh, the goblin turn on him and he picks it up with the the spidey senses that sequence start to finish is just so well done uh, and and is one that will stick with me for a long time Uh, another one that will stick out to me is you see Holland Peter Parker wrestle with his rage uh, and how much he wants to just straight up kill um, Osborne for killing Aunt May. And the fact that we see him slip up and he's going to do it, but it's Tobey Maguire's Peter who steps in and stops him. That is just that scene it would, will be burned in my memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always thought it's a good thing we didn't get the Uncle Ben scene with Tom Holland because I wouldn't believe that rage coming from him, but I was completely wrong because I believed that rage coming from him towards Norman Osborn. I thought he was going to kill him. Yeah. yeah. Did you, Did anybody think they were actually going to kill Tobey Maguire? <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> I, I was hoping. Whoa! Um, <laughs> man, well, come on! It's it, still it's not over Spider Man Three, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things that you have that moment, you know, and Holland 
you know, Peter one is going to learn something from this moment. Right. And it, it felt, this is one of the other disappointing parts is that Toby Maguire didn't die in this. Um, because you saw it coming, like, like him being stabbed wasn't a surprise. Like, <laughs> like you knew that was coming. He got between them. Yeah. Don't uh, turn your back on uh, the green goblin. What are you right. Doing? <laughs> right. Like, so, so we know it's coming. See, I could never be a Peter Parker cause it was a surprise for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and so for that reason, it was just, it felt very rise of Skywalker. Um, how dare you, you know, with, with Chewbacca, it's like, we want to have that emotional moment, but we're not willing to pay the price for it. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's why I was disappointed in that. Yeah. I just guess I'm really gullible. Cause like, I thought, uh, Peter too was going to die. I thought Chewbacca was dead for a good five minutes. I just like, I want to buy into these. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's the thing. Like, like if you're going to make that choice, to 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 get an emotional moment out of the audience and out of our out of our characters, go ahead and make that choice. Mm-hmm. Don't don't like pull the rug out from under it because now you're trying to you know eat your cake and have it too, right? Where it's like I'm going to pretend to kill off a character to get that emotional reaction, emotional moment, but I'm also going to save the character in the end, um, and it kind of undercuts that emotional moment. Yeah, I don't know if it would have come off as more cheap, though, if Toby's Spider-Man died. Because, like, bring this character... It would have been perceived as bring this character back just to kill him to get the emotional response. So I don't think... I think either way they went with that scene would have disappointed a large group of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you you could have just found a different way to stop... Peter one web him from behind instead of getting between them, which is yeah. what I thought was going to happen. Honestly, yeah, as, as he's bringing it down, the web stops him or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, um, his gross internal webs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am a fan of the organic web. So I know I'm just mentioning. I love that they acknowledged it. I was worried they weren't going to. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to wrap up our favorite scene. So we've got two pretty big in tags to discuss before we wrap this up. Uh, the very first one we have is we catch up with Eddie Brock, who is in a bar at a Mexican bar, and we see him trying to get familiarized with this current universe and then is after the aftermath of the movie, teleported away back to his universe, but leaves behind a tiny part of the symbiote. Uh, so Jude, was there anything in particular that stood out to you? I was disappointed in that intag in two ways. Okay. The first way was, I, I well, first, I thought it was clever the way, okay, we, here's how we get the symbiote and how it's going to go to Holland or Peter Warren. Uh, but at the same time, there was like this expectation of like, you're going to go to battle with the Tom Hardy Venom. And it, and it feels like that's not going to happen. I mean, I know it still can, but he clearly like went to one universe and came back. Mm-hmm. Um, the And so like that was kind of like, oh, that's dis- that's a clever way to do it. But that's kind of disappointing because say what you want about those movies. I like Tom Hardy's Venom. Right, like him, because I think he's a good actor. Uh, and I think as far as, you know, 
pushing the fan service envelope a little bit further. I think they missed an opportunity to have Topher Gray sitting at the bar next to him. And I, I think they should have done that. I think that would have been really a neat extra nod. Is just even if he's just sitting there, right, and sipping on his drink, um, that would have been fun for me. I uh, partially agree. I think the Topher Grace being there would have massively improved this scene. But as I've, um, there's nothing more on brand for this type of venom to show up in a different universe and just spend the next 12 <laughs> hours in a bar trying to figure out this universe. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. Yeah. Oh, oh. and I love the, the comment. And you think lethal protectors dumb? Like- <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Uh, I'm just going to jump in there. Uh, if anyone's a Ted Lasso fan, yeah, uh, Danny Rojas, Danny Rojas. <laughs> I was like, I'm so happy because he's my favorite character in Ted Lasso. Football is life. <laughs> Football is life, but it is also death. And so is the snap. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up, Tony, because as soon as I saw him on screen, I heard the Danny Rojas, Danny Rojas. <laughs> oh man. I'm just curious how that symbiote dot is going to get to New York and and how, um, when it does eventually get to him, will he have Tom Hardy's voice? Will he be Carnage's per- or um, Venom's personality? Ooh. Oh, I so hope so. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think that Venom works well in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm... Pr- I'm sure it's very easy to make its way to New York, right? It like it, it's uh, walking around, you know, wherever it is. It sees some flyers for, um, you know, some Broadway musicals. It's like, hey, that looks Rogers. like fun. Buys a buys a, a plane ticket, heads out um, over there, and um, just accidentally trips and um, takes over uh, Tom Holland. <laughs> Complete action. I mean, you've got to be careful where you fall. So falling onto <laughs> a Spider-Man shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in Tom Holland might decide to take a trip to Mexico. No one knows him anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cut ties and just go sit on a beach somewhere in Mexico. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if he really wants to, go ahead. Al. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, as long as. It... If he really wants to separate his ties from the rest of the MCU, leaving New York is a really good way to, to leave <laughs> uh, heroes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a pretty big hot spot in the MCU. Yeah. And if you look at his track record, he's been in six movies at this point, and only one of him them does he stay in New York. So I, he doesn't really like it there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, he tried to get to Boston. Yeah, he, he did try to leave. You know, I, I think for me, I, because I, Tony, we talked about this whenever we did the predictions episode on y'all's show, mm-hmm. where I'm begrudgingly watching the Sony-verse because it feels like, well, okay, I have to. I enjoy it because I enjoy Tom Hardy and I enjoy what he's done with Eddie Brock and Venom. But I left that scene thinking, what was the point? Like, why? Like, I know we got the, <laughs> the, the symbiote. 
But that was a lot of fuss to get him there for a post-credit scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, Are we going to have now a post-credit scene universe where Eddie Brock and Venom only appear in post-credit scenes in the MCU? <laughs> that would be a good I would bit. take it. That yeah. would be a good bit. <laughs> you're, you're saying this is like it's a negative thing. <laughs> All right, I take it back. I want to see like just across multiple movies. I want to see Morbius randomly show up in a post-credit scene to Blade. I want to see Craven the Hunter show up in the post-credit scene to Black Panther Two. Just have no impact on the story. They're just around. They're just they're just there. <laughs> Venom, <laughs> Venom. I don't know how many people remember this, but whenever the movie Lilo and Stitch was coming out, part of the promotional material was Stitch entering in different Disney universes. <laughs> Venom is the MCU's Stitch. <laughs> Oh, that funny. makes complete sense to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's an alien. He wants to eat everything. I, yeah. I don't know anything else. In the Ultimate Universe, he was an experiment. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, so my thing about him showing up uh, in the MCU, I don't know why. Like, um, So my understanding from the spell was that people were coming who from the other universes who knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. He didn't know, right? Al, I knew this question was going to come up from you and I already yeah. have an answer. I'm so Ooh, glad. Okay. All right. In the Venom post-credit scene, he said he's a hive mind with multiple symbiotes and multiple universes and he connected mm. to that hive mind right when it happened. He connected to Eddie Brock's uh Venom and that's why he got transferred over. Okay. I like it. That works. Yep. Because otherwise, like, I didn't understand when I saw Venom 2 why they were talking about the hive mind connecting to multiple universes until we got the explanation here. That that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it really does. That makes mm-hmm. total sense. And it, it puts, and it, I know we were joking about him becoming the Stitch, but it puts him in a very unique position if he has the hive mind across multiverses that he could connect to. Yeah. It seems like we can see him pop up anywhere he we need him to be. Since Venom is officially in the MCU now, are we going to get the Venom like Build a Bear or the Venom like plush doll at the Disney store or something? Um, um, yes. You know, I've, if they just... can merchandise it, they will merchandise it. So yes, <laughs> death taxes and merchandise. That is... <sighs> oh man. Well, I think that's that will do it for that in tag. Uh, the second one we got is a straight-up trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Al, coming back to you, what did you think about this teaser trailer that we got for the upcoming movie? Um, I got very angry that the movie was pushed back a few months. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You're speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, it, it, looks, it looks good. Um, they they told us what the storyline is. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know if I like just getting a trailer as an end scene. Yeah. I, I don't. I I don't know uh, honestly. Um, and I, I am curious that Doctor Strange that we see the evil one is that the evil one from from What If or just a completely different one or or something we'll know later. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. It's What If. I believe so too. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you guys too. Okay. Well, I mean, if it is, then I'm looking forward to it more. Mm-hmm. Just cuz now I'm curious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and to kind of plant our own 
seeds here on this podcast. We have an episode we recorded yesterday that comes out at the first of the year. That's very good timing on our part. (laughs) 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 And that's all I'll say. So when you listen to this, keep an eye out or keep an ear out for that in uh, 2022. But uh, no, I I agree with you, Al, (laughs) except... I could, you, we have definitive proof of how hypocritical I am because in our Discord, Jude shared a link that was putting a theory out that one of the post credit scenes would be the trailer for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I said, I would be really annoyed if they did that. I hope that's not the case. And Jude said, maybe you'll be cheering for it. God dang it, he was right. I was like <laughs> so excited in my seat. And I was like, oh, like I was so excited to see all the clips of what's coming. And like you, Al, I am also mad that it's not coming sooner. Um, but in but in theory, I, I do not like it as a trailer. But as the hyper excitable person that I am, I was eating it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because, okay, so the essence of those intags in the way that we've gotten used to it is world building and 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 this wasn't that and so i think i think that's why um but finally getting to see this and just to see how wild it's gonna go i i'm super excited yeah um i am super excited about the content i love i'm from what it seems, if we could trust anything in the trailer, which we all know we can't, but um, the fact that Wanda doesn't seem to be the main villain, like a lot of people were theorizing, and I love Wanda Maximoff in the MCU, it makes me so happy. I don't want her to be the main villain. Um, that said, I think putting a trailer at the end of your movie, even as a post-credit scene, really dates the movie as soon as like it comes out. And it's like, a um, few examples, I don't like the... Avengers trailer at the end of uh, Captain America. I think it's sh- the post credit scene should be him waking up in New York. Um, I've been rewatching the Matrix movies because the Matrix comes out uh, next week. So there's a trailer at the end of the second Matrix for the third one. Back to the Future 2 ends with a trailer for the third one. And all I think is, wow, this just really ruins the mood for the completion of a movie. And I don't like it when they just put a trailer for the next one. I, I want them to have a post credit scene that, like, um, I think Jude said, uh, world builds. Mm-hmm. I don't need just an ad for the next movie. And I think because mm-hmm. essentially that is what the end tags are, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. advertising for the next movie. But what makes it special is that they dress it up as something unique to that movie. So another offender of this, I think, is Ant-Man where we just get a lifted scene from Civil War. So it's it's even though that's not a trailer outright, it feels like it con- con- contradicts the mood that these end tags normally set. Yeah, although um, that end tag in Ant-Man, I think I appreciate that one more just because it's not packaged like a trailer. Yeah, it's a step above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know till a year or six months. I don't know the time difference between those two movies, but uh, a year later, that oh hey, there's the exact scene, which di- was kind of disappointing looking back, but it's not as egregious. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what it is for me, and I know this is a weird way to frame it because I rarely do marathons, but the idea of like watching through these movies and then doing it in like okay, here's the here's the chronological order of this timeline. You want to have those in credit scenes fit. 
And if it's a trailer, that just completely steps outside the world. And if it's a repeated scene, that also takes me out of the world, which I know is a silly way to look at it, but that's that's why that one is grouped together for me. Yeah, um, that that's actually very true, and I'm experiencing right now. Um, I have this, like... I, this thing is like if I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, it's like I can't just watch Empire Strikes Back. I need to watch all nine Star Wars movies, or at least I have that mentality. And like, the MCU is getting too large for that. I can't sit down and watch 27 movies and a bunch of TV shows. So mm-hmm. that's I'm how like, you end up scheduled all the way out to 2026. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, so I've been watching through all the MCU, not counting like. As much as there has been to say this, MCU proper, the 20-something uh, um, movies and the Disney Plus shows. Uh, just like, I'm going to watch them chronological order because I've never done that. And after I'm done, I'm just going to pick up whatever I want when I want to watch it. I'm not going to commit to doing this again. This is like a last hurrah. <laughs> and I just finished uh, Black Widow. And Black Widow's post credit scene takes place after the snap. It's like, well, that just really throws everything off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what about you, Jude? How did you receive this trailer for Multiverse of Madness? Uh, I don't remember much of it. Wow. Um, you know, I... Oh, you didn't say for your post-credit scenes? I, it's a rookie mistake. I get it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know oh, what? We are not getting invited back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did find it interesting. Okay, two things. The people next to me left... Uh, and I'm and I'm just thinking like it's Marvel. You know something's coming. Um, also, my thought was the lady taking up our tickets made sure to stop every single one of us and say, "Oh, you're going to Spider Man. That's an amazing movie. You're gonna love it." And there's two post credit scenes, so stay all the way to the end because it's a fantastic movie. Um, and so they should have known. Um, no, I just I. And I say that more because it's the trailer, right? Like it, it's, I, I remember, I remember seeing it, if that makes sense, but it doesn't stick with the memory the way a world building in tag would as, you know, like, like I wouldn't, if you asked me, you know, oh, what were the in tag or the two in tags? I'd be like, yeah, there was, there was two, you know, um, but I, one of them I'd just say was well, the trailer. I wouldn't tell you, oh, this is what happened and how it impacts and, and all of that. Like, like they could have just taken out the part where Strange goes to Wanda's cabin and says, I need your help. Have that as the end tag and be done. I think at one point that might have been the end tag because it is, it's the longest cut, I think, or the longest yeah. continuous cut yeah. in that trailer. And that's all we needed. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember that, but like everything else. There was just so much after a movie that had so much in it that it just it just wasn't it, it didn't stick. Yeah, full full scenes are are memorable, right? Like you have that that pause on something in the background or whatever, right? Like you have the the pauses in between people talking. A trailer is is flashes of things for a fraction of a second, and there's no way to get emotional about a lot of that stuff depending on the, yeah. the trailer. <laughs> yeah, no, like, scenes are for post-credits. Trailers are for YouTube, where people like us will dissect them uh, for hours on end. And yeah. then we can really dive into it. Only after we've lied to our algorithm. 
Well, the, definitely. <laughs> well, you guys, I have a very specially curated algorithm that told me that um, that started popped up with Aunt May's death scene about Whoa! two hours before I saw Whoa. the movie. So <laughs> that's the last thing that got spoiled for me right before <laughs> the um, movie. Oh. Well, just to quickly weigh in, I think one of the things that stood out to me is, uh, I forgot who brought it up, but you mentioned Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Strange from the What If universe. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the other one, something I was surprised, like I knew he was coming back, but to see Mordo is playing a very prominent role in seemingly in the plot line makes me so happy because... As much as I enjoyed the original Doctor Strange movie, it was quickly becoming really packed, and I didn't know if we would see continuations from his movie, but it seems like with Mordo being the center of the antagonism, that it will be a continuation of Doctor Strange from, was 2017? 2016, yeah. 2016. Yeah, 16. Um, I just now believe after Infinity War, Endgame, and now No Way Home, uh, there's no limit to how much stuff they can pack into a movie at <laughs> and make it work. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and I think that's mm-hmm. part of, again, my friend Sean said it was like, he enjoyed it more the second time mm-hmm. because of so much stuff thrown at you. Um, and, and the way that they found to just pack it full of things and make it work is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we are getting a pretty quick glance at our reactions to this movie, but uh, I want to make sure we we take some time for stray thoughts before we wrap this up. So, Tony, uh, do you have any stray thoughts for this film? Um, I can't wait to go see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, no, I'm going to have to actually think because we're not going to record our uh, the MCU Rewind episode with you guys for a couple of days. So I actually have to think of new thoughts to bring into the next episode. So yeah. I'm going to keep my stray thoughts for that one. That is a good it's, tease. It sounds like you're you're going to need a rewatch. Uh, <laughs> well, rewind it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I... I don't do second takes, so I'm just going to say everything now and repeat myself in a few days. Uh, One take, <laughs> Al. <laughs> Cut the check. And then I just leave. <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I, I really hope that someday in the future we maybe get some kind of glimpse of what life was like for these other characters that went back to their universe right like you know doc ock say um you know became good and and all this stuff right all of these characters were essentially cured right um but then they go back and die (laughs) or not like what 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 happened what what's was their universe just very changed so i'm curious um i i would love to to know what what happens Mm -hmm. there with that um so new timelines that's why it's a multiverse (laughs) That's true. So separate timeline. So the, the the original ones going for their their original ones going, but now they they have a modified one, multiple modified ones, I guess, because there are multiple films. Okay, uh, this is why I hate time travel. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you you can't think of it as time travel. You got to think of it as as creating new universes. Mm-hmm. I just think about. The sadness that Toby Maguire's Spider-Man's going to have going back. I saved Norman. Um, Harry's going to be alive again. Everything. Oh, it's it's still okay. I guess it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
do you do you think the Andrew Garfield Spider Man like went back and then he realized, wait a minute, that's sp- he's he said that spell brought everyone who knew Spider Man back, and some of them were dead. Did he miss out on his chance to to see Gwen Stacy again? That's gonna haunt him forever. Oh Ooh, wow! <laughs> I just hope he never realizes. Dang, that. knife to the heart. Yeah. Then he's gonna go off, learn magic. He'll become the Sorcerer Supreme, uh, and then he'll end up destroying his entire universe, uh, like we saw in What If. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I will pick up that stray thought because it just occurred to me. So <laughs> I know. Hopefully, I didn't lose my chance. No, um, go ahead. I really want to see an Amazing Spider-Man three now, or him to show up in the Venom universe. Hmm. I feel like this movie has redeemed Andrew Garfield for me, and I really want to see more of a Spider-Man for the first time since 2012 when The Amazing Spider-Man came out. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm gonna just play off of that, and here's my my question. Um, my brother Daniel, my brother Daniel said that his actual favorite, like in a like just looking at the different franchises, his favorite Spider-Man is still Tobey Maguire. Okay. Um, but he thought in this movie, Garfield stole the movie. And that was the best portrayal of Spider-Man in this movie was Andrew Garfield's. Um, would you, do you guys agree with that? Who was your favorite Spider-Man out of this movie? So I, I think part of that question is um, like Spider-Man, the, the hero versus Peter Parker, right? Like I, I, I think that they're, you know, they're different personalities and they both play them really well uh and i always liked the the andrew garfield like he he's the he's the guy who tells the jokes he has all those quips um but as like spider-man himself i I think overall i like the toby Maguire version more so like like what what part do you do you give more weight towards one aspect um or do you like lump them together or just say like you know i like I like non-costume Peter over here and then costume over here. But Um, no, no, no. Like in this film alone. mm. Oh, in this film. Yeah. In this one. Oh yeah. Well, well, he said his, he said his favorites, Toby in this movie, not thinking of anything else. He thought Garfield stole the show was the best one. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Mm. I think, um, like I agree with your brother that, uh, Garfield stole the show. I think that Tom Holland's still my favorite of these three Spider-Man in this movie, but this version of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is the best this Spider-Man can be. The emotional, kind of spastic Peter Parker is like, this is the perfect distillation of his character. And I think, yes, he stole the show, and yes, this is his best performance as a character, but I don't think he's the best Spider-Man in this movie. Yeah, I, and this is, I'm 100% MCU Homer in this one. If if the question is, what's one of these three, what is my favorite in this film? It's still Holland just because of the focus. Like, even though there are some great moments and I would say Andrew Garfield, I think is having the most fun being back in this Spider-Man role between uh, Garfield and Maguire. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm here for Holland, so it's still like that's still my favorite of these three because of the emotional journey and the the humor we get to go on with yeah. uh, Tom Holland. Yeah, I think the only person who could have given Holland a run in front of the money, his money, in my mind, was if Peter B. Parker from Spider Man <laughs> and Spider Verse showed up. 
Just an older, heavier, sadder Spider-Man is what we need. Yeah. Then I would yeah. definitely find one to relate to. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why, as a guy in his 30s now, that's my favorite version of Spider-Man currently. <laughs> yeah. Jake Johnson's my hero, too, so that's just the one-two punch. What about you, Jude? How do you answer that question? Yeah, I'm going to say... I think there's some bias on my part as I answer that is that it would be Tom Holland. Um, and, and cause I think of those three, he's the complete package for me. He's my favorite. Um, followed by, you know, and I, I gotta give Garfield a better, a better shot. So I say followed by Toby, then by Andrew. Cause I haven't seen the second amazing Spider-Man. Um, I didn't like the first one enough to go see the second one, if, if that makes sense. Like, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to go see the second one, as I did with Tobey Maguire and, and the MCU ones. Um, I would agree, though, that Garfield was so good. Um, th- there was moments where I thought Tobey Maguire, the way he said it, like, the Garfield looked like he was having fun, and Tobey almost looked a little forced in some places um, in, in his performance. And I, and I think that was part of trying to play in more aged Spider-Man is, is the feeling I got. Mm. So, yeah, so definitely Garfield was good, uh, but I'm going to have to, for me, say Holland was, was the best in this movie. So Brother Daniel's rolling his eyes pretty hard at us right now, Hanji. Huh, <laughs> well, I told him I was going to bring this up. And... <laughs> and <laughs> I could see him getting like annoyed that we didn't give a committal answer, (laughs) praising all three. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I I told him I'd bring it up. He asked me, you know, you should you should ask and bring it up. I was like, I will, I will. Um, It's like I know in the back of my mind, it's like you really enjoyed. Zack Snyder's Justice League, and so oh! it, it kind of throws me off oh, a little bit. No. On that. You can't do fired. that! I'm seeing him tomorrow! <laughs> <laughs> so, but I actually, and I, and I told him I would say that on the pod, too. So <laughs> you know what? When you asked this question, Zack Snyder's Justice League came into my mind. Because, um... I think, just like the Amazing Spider-Man movies, those are very interesting takes on the characters. Not my cup of tea. But the fact that they're like considered, at least for a while, they were the only takes on the characters is what disappointed me. So back when we were talking about Amazing Spider-Man and my disappointment back in those days because it was the only official Spider-Man. Um, now that we can have multiverse, both in the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe, we can have multiple Batmans, which we are. We can have multiple Spider-Mans, which we see. Hopefully, I'm, now I want Garfield back, so I'm hoping that they throw him into the Venomverse. But it's just like, the fact that I can enjoy um, Ben Affleck's Batman, I can enjoy um, uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, because they're not the only one. They're not the only flavor of those heroes we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and that's well put. Yeah, Tony, the the, the great negotiator here between both worlds. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here with my straight thoughts because I got one goofy one and one bigger one, and I'll play off what you just said, Tony, about the multiple iterations. Um, I'm actually very curious uh, going into this movie. 
so much of the talk was the multiverse is breaking, the multiverse is, you know, going to be forever changed, and that's how it's going to impact the MCU moving forward. It feels like they tidied it up. Like, it, they they fixed it, and it does seem like it will have repercussions in Multiverse of Madness, but it didn't leave us outside of maybe a little bit of Venom with different universe characters stuck in the MCU. So I'm wondering how much the multiverse is playing into the grand scheme of things, or if this is just a stint in the overall roadmap of what we're going to for the next 10 years. So I don't know if anyone else feels that way or... I'm I'm with you because we know it's coming, but now it feels like it's never going to get there. Um. You know, because what was it, WandaVision, and where it broke, and then Loki and Kang, and you know, oh, I guess it's going to be Doctor Strange, especially from the way they used the, the they cut the trailer, right? Um, it looked like this is what's going to break it wide open, and then it's like, oh no, it didn't. Um, and so it, it it now for the Doctor Strange trailer, it's you know, it seems like okay, so that's where the multiverse going to break open, and, and so it's just. But now it feels like, well, it's already broken because if it's the strange from what if, and and so it's, it's, you know what? And what's really weird is, I mean, if you want to try to get technical about it, the, 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 the multiverse exists. It's, it's when are they going to finally embrace this jumping back and forth? So, yeah. Yeah. I think the, one of the things we're going to see in the MCU is uh, the multiverse is broken. Sorry, Sylvie broke it. But um, I think we're going to see the repercussions from this universe. We'll get some excursions outside the universe, like Multiverse of Madness, but it's mostly going to be external people coming in um, just because they want to keep with the characters that we already know. My only pushback on that is, yes, the multiverse is broken because of what Sylvie's done, but so far the lasting effects of that is within its own MCU franchise. It feels like we've had other franchises come in and then go back. So I'm wondering if that they will fully meld or if it's just going to be visits, but we stick within the own. Because you have the what-if universe and you have the live-action universe. It feels like those are the only ones that are permanent so far. And maybe I'm just being pedantic, but that's the only pushback I got to, to that point. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think we're still early days. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, think about when we saw the Avengers. Could we predict what Endgame was going to be like? No, I think it's going. We're. I think we're going to a maybe a Secret Wars or something like that. Ten years down the road, and it's going to be a lot of building. And when we watch these back in ten years, it's going. It's going to. Feel like it goes fast because we don't have to wait six months to a year between each installment. But right now, it's it feels very piecemeal because we're living it real time. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, cool. Uh, to throw out my goofy stray thought, uh, whenever the trailer first released, I remember there was a lot of talk about how you know, pun intended, strange, Dr. Strange felt within that trailer. And I know one of the things that I specifically zoned in on was how, like, just visibly, like, his hair looked different. (laughs) It struck me today. The reason why that's the case for me is because despite multiple appearances of Stephen Strange, he's only had one solo outing. And 
that's the only one I think we've seen where he's not distressed in the middle of action. So I'm not used to seeing him with well-kept hair. So that's why he looks strange <laughs> when he was in, in the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> so he's been a busy guy. Yeah. Well, less yeah. busy now so. that he's not. Well, and I just I just want to add one thing to that. Um, Matt Murdock, his hair was a little bit different than that I remember from the Netflix series, but that's all. <laughs> uh, I was watching there was, a video. There was a slight difference. I was watching one of those, you know, Easter egg videos. I can't remember a screen crush or someone put out today. And it was like, uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro is a variant because he had a comb over in the previous movie and his different hair now. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> if he can turn into electricity and come out, he can change his hair in there. <laughs> he could have a wig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I, I, no, it's not a variant. It's, yeah. but, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I do, I do wonder if that's, if that's a, an intentional choice, though, on Murdoch and a separation of the Netflix series, or mm-hmm. was that just, Hey, nerd boy, you need to calm down. Like, yeah. like, like you know, which, and, and it, it could be, you know, that as well. So I think all will be revealed in the finale of Hawkeye, which depending on when this drops, may have already been revealed. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have told me when I wrote my joke, stray thought about Dr. Strange's hair, that we would actually have more to add to that about yep. other people's hair, <laughs> never would have guessed it. So <laughs> I'm so glad you all are on this to discuss it and, and flesh that out. <laughs> hey, oh, there's nothing too pedantic for four podcasters to get into. <laughs> <laughs> true. This is true. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Al, Tony, I want to say thank you so much for joining us to do these Spider-Man No Way Home reactions. Oh, anytime. But... It was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you for yeah. having us. Thank you for yeah, thank, thank you. you for jumping on. And looking forward to to tallying up points on yours. <laughs> yeah. I'm guys, I'm not optimistic about my championship anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone back and looked at the answers, but I have a sinking feeling, so we'll find out. <laughs> well, if you're interested in that, make sure that you are following uh, Alan Tony on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind, as well as subscribing and downloading to their podcast, MCU Rewind, wherever you download your podcast. And if you want a, a handy link for all of that, MCURewind.com. Uh, as we've talked about here uh Multiple times, we will be joining their show again to tally up the points we got from our predictions episode. So we'll link to the prediction episode in the show notes, as well as your other socials uh, there, too. As far as this show goes, if you want to get in touch with what we thought about this episode or what you thought about No Way Home, you can always reach us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, We've been doing great work to put up our pre-spoiler thoughts when it comes to the series. Uh, We give people the opportunity to vote on whatever quote will be our episode title, as well as some extra content that uh, we think would be great supplements. So if that's interesting to you, make sure you're following us on those social sites. Right, and of course, scroll down and in the show notes, click on the link for the Discord, a wonderful community there uh, to discuss all things Marvel um, and a wide variety of other pop culture and just 
things we like to talk about. Uh, make sure in the Marvel section you click on the roll aside and the eye emojis because that'll get you access to all the spoiler channels. And of course, the best thing you can do for us is share with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on his SoundCloud, which is also linked in the show notes. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Al, Tony, and Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, guys. Anytime. Yeah. Thank you. We'll see you all next week. But yeah, I expect expect it to be just kind of free flowing since I'm I know I just saw it today. So did Jude, and uh, I think you yeah. two saw it yesterday. Yeah, we mm-hmm. saw it last night. Cool. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so a buddy of mine went yesterday at three, mm-hmm. and as soon as he got out, he drove to another theater and watched it. <laughs> <laughs> like he saw he saw it at three, and then again at six thirty. It just <laughs> so See, that's th- the way to do it. I yeah. I actually did that. Uh, Spider-Man three, I saw w- two times within twenty-four hours. Not because it was so good, but you it said- was because uh, Spider-Man three, like uh, the Raimi Spider-Man one. Yeah. Um, because I had was going to go see it, and then my buddy couldn't get off of work till like much later that night, and I was like, "Fine, I'll go see it twice in one day. I'm sure it's going to be great." It's, it's Spider-Man. No problem. <laughs> Spider-Man. How could it be bad? <laughs> <laughs> oh man the worst thing was going in the second time and i didn't want to ruin it for him like i didn't know if it was just a me thing maybe i'm the only one who didn't like it so i didn't want to ruin it for him so i was like trying going yeah it's you you'll probably have fun man let's just go in let's see it <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally awesome yeah yeah <laughs> oh man that's so funny so as, so as i was leaving um the theater last night um like I, I overhear a, a group of people talking just just outside the theater, and I hear one guy saying, "Well, I, I guess now we have to go buy Spider-Man Three. Oh. <laughs> That's the only uh, Marvel-related uh, DVD I don't own." <laughs> wow, you know what? Kudos to them for owning Amazing Spider-Man Two. Right, like I still haven't <laughs> yeah. seen that movie. <laughs>